This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited today because I'm talking with somebody from Colorado who's in Colorado. And it was so funny, we were chatting before the program, we never met each other when I lived in Colorado. And so at some point, we will remedy that. Um, but you know, it was always fun talking to somebody back in Colorado. And I hadn't realized that my guest was in Colorado till I was reading her great book. And she was referring to places in Colorado. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, so it was, it was very fun. And so please join me in welcoming Karen Brown to our program today. Welcome, Karen. Thank you, Deb. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, especially talking to another Colorado native. I know. You know, it's it's funny. It's we there's not a lot of natives. You know, big state, but not a lot of natives. And so, you know, it's it's always fun talking to somebody and and um, you know being able to to share things. And and it, it, I loved reading your book, and we'll obviously talk more about that in detail because you referred. To places that I recognized and I was like oh old home week mm -hmm. so it, it was fun but let me tell people just a little bit about you and then we'll jump into this okay so Karen Brown is the CEO of Velocity Leadership Consulting an executive leadership coaching firm specializing in elevating leadership performance and impact using behavioral neuroscience techniques Karen realized her own performance potential and discovered the scientific keys to greater personal and professional success by achieving a lifelong dream of competing in the Ironman World Championships as a recreational athlete at the tender age of 46. She parlayed this model with 20 years of experience and study in senior leadership, business coaching, and professional mastery level coaching certifications to help leaders elevate their performance and impact with greater velocity and ease. Karen is a CEO who makes a difference. So again, Karen, welcome. Thank you. Thrilled to be here with your audience. Great. Well, you know, let's, uh, let's let, tell us a little bit about how you got where you are today, because it's a great story. And then we'll talk more, especially about Iron Man and, you know, and, and things like that. But how did you get to where you are today? So I was a executive mm -hmm. uh, leader for 20 years mm -hmm. and was an internal business coach. Okay. And this is before business coaching was a thing. Like that mm -hmm. didn't even exist. There weren't, there weren't any people. Right. If you said coach, coaches. people looked for basketball. Right, right. But what it meant was I was the boss mm -hmm. and I, I was building up team members, mm -hmm. right? And so I took to that like a duck to water, uh, primarily because I'm fascinated mm -hmm. with human behavior. And so uh, I was good at coaching uh, mm -hmm. each team member. Mm -hmm. And what I did find, though, was there was this place that we couldn't get past. Okay. I didn't know what it was at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, fast forward to when I wanted to pursue my lifelong dream of competing in the Ironman World mm -hmm. Championships. 
And, you know, th- this wasn't any, anything that, uh, you know, would have, would have been on somebody like mine radar. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I had never competed in any triathlons. Wow. Uh, I was a terrible swimmer. I had never ridden a road bike. I had mm-hmm. never run a marathon. And so you this, this set wasn't your goal like, at the highest oh, it could be. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Total recreational athlete. You know, I, I, would, I, I was a runner primarily, mm-hmm. and that was about it. Uh, you know, and we'd go to the gym six days a week, you mm-hmm. know, for an hour, pretty typical mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And yet I had this big, hairy, audacious, crazy right. dream mm-hmm. of competing in one of the mm-hmm. toughest human endeavors on the planet. Mm-hmm. So what I realized when I went to a business class was that I had been holding myself back for 28 years mm. from that dream mm-hmm. and also other bigger professional goals mm-hmm. through something called limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And limiting beliefs are when we think or say, well, I don't have enough money, time, talent, right. ability, fill in the blank mm-hmm. to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Never knew this was going on because it all happened in my unconscious right. mind. So I was never conscious. And it starts like when we're three years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I can go into the science of it mm-hmm. uh, because once I discovered how this worked mm-hmm. and on a bigger scale how the unconscious mind works mm-hmm. and that it really drives the vast majority of everything we think and do in mm-hmm. a day, then I jumped wholeheartedly into it, wanted to become an expert in the field mm-hmm. and realized it was the bridge to that place that I could not get beyond mm-hmm. uh, in 20 years of being an effective business mm-hmm. coach. Right. You know, and it's interesting because there is that self-talk that, that we do. And, you know, and, you know, so I want to talk about your book because we're going to jump right into this. So this is a great book um, and loved reading it. And it focuses on your competition in Ironman. But of course it brings, you know, everything is as you're reading it, it uh, brings it into Anybody can, can, you know, our lazy slugs, you know, we can, we can understand it as well. But, you know, when, when you were talking about those beliefs, it was interesting because I've been uh, having uh, sessions out here with a hypnotherapist for a variety of reasons. Um, But one of them is, you know, obviously some, some mental things. And, and I remember one of the things I told her was, I can't remember people's names. I'm just horrible with remembering people's names. And she looked at me and she said, no, you're not. (laughs) And I said, no, I am. And she said, you have told yourself you're bad at remembering people's names. And so it's not going to matter in the slightest what anybody does until you tell yourself, I'm good at remembering people's names. And, you know, and we do, we have those self talks, um, you know, and, and, and maybe it is something that, you know, started when we were very young, you know, I, I can't do that. I'm not smart enough, good enough, strong enough. Um, you know, as, as, as little girls, a lot of times we're really told that, you know, we can't, we can't do sports. We can't, you know, do, do all of these various things. Um, you know, and, and luckily things are, are changing, but you know, my generation was told, you know, you really can't do math, you know, girls, girls don't do math. And I was like, well, no, I can do that. I, you know, I like things like that. And so, you know, those, those outside talks became our internal talks. And, and so I love when I was reading your book, how in many, you know, it, it, it it was one of those things where at each step you kind of had to overcome 
those those limiting thoughts that you had, you know, starting with the fact that you'd never even done something like this. So why on earth would you be so silly as to, to you know, to, to jump into the, the biggest thing? You know, why didn't you just start small? You know, you set your goal the biggest it could be. Absolutely. Yeah. And this, this is what I found is true for all of us. All of us, because it's through our unconscious mind mm-hmm. and, and it's the way that our unconscious mind is wired to work, mm-hmm. right? In caveman days, our unconscious mind had to instantaneously size up a situation right. and decide whether something was friend, mm-hmm. food, or foe mm-hmm. and get us to take immediate action right. so that we could survive another mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Well, that's still how it works. Mm-hmm. And what happens is it's a judging mechanism. Mm-hmm. So we usually compare ourselves to someone or something else mm-hmm. that we want to do or has done what we want to do. Right. And through that comparison bias, we see a gap. Mm-hmm. And then immediately our unconscious mind jumps into action and says, nope, right. we're not mm-hmm. going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So what's fascinating though is this spectrum exists. Mm-hmm. On one side of the spectrum is limiting beliefs. The nope, we're not going to be able to do that. Right. On the other side of the spectrum is the ability to carry out anything we can think up. Mm-hmm. Recreational athlete competing in and crossing the finish line at the Ironman World Championships. Right. Right. And, and I mean, th- these stories are everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Think of icons of success like Richard Branson, mm-hmm. Warren Miller, Jeff Bezos. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the list is, is right. 10 million miles mm-hmm. long, right? But that spectrum exists. So mm-hmm. what I realized is, okay, wait a minute. All of us have the ability to either think up reasons why we can't, mm-hmm. which is limiting beliefs and how they work, and it's a mm-hmm. pattern, right? It, that's mm-hmm. all it is. It's a pattern. Mm-hmm. Or to think up ways that we can mm-hmm. achieve something. Right. And that's why I wrote the book, because uh, limiting beliefs is the number one scientifically proven way that all of us hold ourselves back mm-hmm. from greater levels of success mm-hmm. or achieving big, big goals and dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and many times it, it is that you're not smart enough, pretty enough, handsome enough. Um, you know, uh, you're, and, and, and then of course we have the self-fulfilling prophecies, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the uh, people who always pick partners who might cheat on them. Well, you know, you, somewhere you are maybe telling yourself that's all you deserve, um, you know, and, and so you're kind of looking for that person who has that propensity, you know, all of these various things. And, and, you know, it's, and it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I love, you know, looking at the differences between men and women, because it's, I don't think it's so much that women are really told that, that we're limited, but I think it's more men are told that they can really succeed. Yes. Let me speak to that for a second. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because I see this in my Mm -hmm. practice all the time. So uh, first of all, limiting beliefs are preceded by something called a limiting decision. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that scenario that I just talked about where we compare ourselves through comparison bias to someone or something else, Mm -hmm. that's when our unconscious mind makes a limiting decision. Mm -hmm. And then it looks for, it literally goes out, becomes proactive in looking for valid, valid, valid evidence, mm-hmm. more evidence that that is correct. Right. Because we want to be right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Then that's where limiting beliefs come in, mm-hmm. right? So we've made this limiting, limiting decision. Mm-hmm. Then you said self-fulfilling prophecy, mm-hmm. which are actually limiting beliefs, because then those create our actions. Right. So then you're right. 
we do actively because our unconscious mind is looking for it. We actively look for and find the spouse that will cheat on us, mm-hmm. right? So that's exactly how this works. And these patterns are just repeated over and over and over mm-hmm. until we become aware of them and choose to actively change them. Mm-hmm. Now, here's how it works gender wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, women's limiting decisions are usually something having to do with I'm not good enough. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that really is just the way we're wired. Now, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that we can't rewire it. We mm-hmm. certainly can. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, men's are more, more of a, a limiting decision of, well, I have to figure it all out for myself. Mm-hmm. I can't ask for help. Right. And I have to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that really sets up all of our thoughts, which mm-hmm. drives our actions that then create or produce the platform mm-hmm. for which we, the things that we deem are possible right. or not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem is though, that we think those things are facts. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're not, mm-hmm. they're just, they're literally are a, a pattern of our unconscious mm-hmm. mind. Right. And, and some of it is, as you said, a kind of a protective thing. You know, we don't want to get hurt. You know, we don't want to apply for that, that other position because if we don't get it, that's going to be crushing. Um, you know, we don't want to start our own business because we might fail. You know, all of these various things. So we want to, we, we want to be protecting ourselves. Or, you know, like you said with men, you know, they, they don't want to do something where it's going to be clear that they they don't know what they're doing or that they might have to ask for help um, because, you know, that, that fragile male ego. Um, but, you know, it, it is, it, you know, it, it's, it, I, it, we can understand why we want to protect ourselves, but then it, it's all about kind of pushing past that. And, right, because you know, in the end, that's exactly what holds right. us back. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and so talk us through, you know, because the, the premise of, you know, kind of where you started was this Ironman competition. You know, you went from, as you said, you know, just kind of casually, you know, working. Now, you know, I have to admit, I got tired just reading your book. I am one of those couch <laughs> potato people. Um, but, you know, and, and so just the thought of it, you know, and, and it was, but you know, while it was daunting, at the same point, I, I was just fascinated and I kept thinking, oh my gosh, how cool was this? Um, so kind of talk us through, you know, why on earth did you even decide that that was something? And then, you know, tell us a little bit about what an Ironman is because, you know, not a lot of people probably know what that is. Ah, okay. So an Ironman mm-hmm. is a very short race that is a 2.4 mile swim in the ocean, mm-hmm. a 112 mile bike ride, <laughs> Finished off with a 26.2 mile marathon. Right. And it's and all it's done continuously. In one day, right? Mm-hmm. In one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have 17 hours to do it. It took me 15 hours and 45 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was also one of the greatest days of my entire life. One of the I happiest bet. days. I bet. Yeah. Well, and which seems, to, which seems a contradictory in terms, right? Mm, but well, you know, because you, you achieved a goal that was just, you know, it, like you said, the big, hairy, audacious goal. And, you know, and, and you achieved it. You, you didn't win first place, but that wasn't really what you set out to do. I mean, your goal was to finish it and you did finish it. Like you said, you know, you mm-hmm. finished it under the, the time allocated. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the why, because that's, that's a big question, mm-hmm. right? Like why? Right. Yeah. Why would you why put your body through myself this? through this? Mm-hmm. And why did I want to do this? Yeah. So 
let me let me set the context. Mm-hmm. So I was 44 years old. I had never competed in any triathlons mm-hmm. at all. I had never run a marathon. I had never ridden a road bike. Mm-hmm. I was a terrible swimmer, mm-hmm. total recreational athlete. But I saw the Iron Man on TV mm-hmm. when I was 14 years old. Mm. And I remember being awestruck. Uh-huh. I literally stopped in my tracks and sat down on the edge of the couch and just watched this whole drama unfold. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, this was the day of Julie Moss, and mm-hmm. you, you guys can Google that if you don't know who that is, because yeah, I'm uh, over 50 now. So anyway, um, it was like a train wreck mm-hmm. unfolding. Like I said, drama. Right. And yet, I couldn't take my eyes off right. of it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. But it something just so cool. Yeah, but something happened mm-hmm. when I watched it. Mm-hmm. A emotional chord deep inside me was struck. I mean, mm-hmm. I was literally watching this drama and crying. Mm-hmm. And what I later figured out is the reason I was crying is because it touched a part of me that was going to reveal my purpose. Mm. and be the gateway to who I was meant to be mm-hmm. and the mission I was meant to accomplish right. and you know just op- opening up my entire mm-hmm. life and my entire being right mm-hmm. um, because up until this I was I was successful I was a successful executive I had all the outer trappings of mm-hmm. success but I still had this nagging feeling deep inside that I wasn't fulfilled right like is this really all there mm-hmm. is yes yeah, something isn't there was more missing mm-hmm. yeah and I would, I would feel, I would have that feeling of fulfillment, even though I also would break into a cold sweat and almost throw up mm-hmm. when I thought about the Ironman World Championship. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why I pursued it. Now, I didn't, I didn't realize all of those things at the time uh, or for the 28 years mm-hmm. that I kept watching the coverage and had this sort of secret dream that mm-hmm. I wouldn't admit, admit to myself, but it was still there. And I just, I never knew what was stopping me from pursuing it or what the meaning of Mm -hmm. even pursuing it or achieving it was. Right. And it wasn't until that feeling inside me just kept growing and Mm -hmm. nagging at me that I could no longer ignore it. Mm -hmm. And it it just grew bigger and bigger and bigger Mm -hmm. and overtook everything. Mm -hmm. So that everywhere I looked, it was, well, what about the Ironman? Well, what about the Ironman? Well, Mm -hmm. what about the Ironman? Right. And then I, I went to this class where I learned about limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and instantaneously the Iron Man came to my mind and I thought, that's it. Mm-hmm. I am done holding myself back mm-hmm. from this and who I'm meant to be. Right. And then, uh, honestly, it was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I won't say easy because, oh, no. you know, then, <laughs> I had to, mm-hmm. then I had to add just 22 Mm-hmm. training hours to my schedule every week mm-hmm. and find a whole nother gear in everything in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, up to this point, I was pretty highly organized and efficient. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really had to up my game right. in everything, including nutrition and sleep and balance and everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I could not do that until I learned how the unconscious mind worked and started tapping into that. Mm -hmm. And then when I did that, you're right. I had to periodically overcome different limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. that would, you know, 
that my unconscious mind would manufacture. But then by doing that, I crossed the finish line in two years. Mm-hmm. And that oh, experience I know. That was what was amazing. You every part just of my life two years. Years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and you didn't only have your own limiting beliefs. You had other people saying, nah, you know, you, you can't, you shouldn't. Why are you doing that? Um, again, some who probably meant very well, you know, and, and, but then others who just, nah, you shouldn't be doing that. Why? You know, that's silly. Why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and in many cases, a lot of people just, okay, you know, and, but, but the other thing that I got when I was reading your book was the fact that it wasn't just you, you know, when you got your kind of core group of sisters, I'll let you explain that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then obviously coaches, good and bad, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, that was what made it happen. You know, when, when it wasn't just you, when you had all of these, the, the right pieces kind of came together. And I think maybe that was one of the, the biggest lessons that I got out of the book was we don't have to do it alone. You know, whatever it is, we can pull in the people we need and let go of the people we don't, you know, that, that I think was one of the other things. And so, you know, talk to us about kind of that support system that you developed. Yeah. Okay. So this story is in the book, but uh, the biggest naysayer at the time I decided to pursue this was my husband. Mm -hmm. He literally said to me, you don't have what it takes. Right. You will never get there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to be, uh, yeah, Um, I want to be real clear with the audience about this because this is the other thing about limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Often, oftentimes others say that we are not capable of Mm -hmm. achieving something and that has nothing to do with our ability nor is it usually our limiting beliefs. Right. It's their limiting mm-hmm. beliefs and they're placing them upon us. Right. That's exactly what my husband was mm-hmm. doing and uh, several other people. I mean, mm-hmm. there were very malicious people that uh, I swam with mm-hmm. that said very mean things to me, mm-hmm. uh, mostly, I think, because they were threatened. Right. Yeah. And you're going to run across that. Mm-hmm. You are going to run across that. That right. is a that is the dark side of human nature, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Now, the cool part, though. It doesn't matter what it is, you know, whether it's no. work, personal life, any of those things. Yeah. And like I said at the beginning, we all, every single human being on the planet, and this is why my mission is to change this, mm-hmm. every single human being on the planet struggles Mm-hmm. And stops themselves through limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. That's why it's the number one scientifically proven thing, right? right. So, whenever you put something out there, you know, I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. I'm going to achieve this, mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, embark on this mission, you're going to have people immediately who say, No, I don't think mm-hmm. you're going to be able to do that. That's crazy. That's mm-hmm. silly. Right. Why would you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Why would you want to put yourself through that? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, just just distance yourself from mm-hmm. those people and realize that it's their limiting beliefs that are getting right. in your way, okay? Mm-hmm. And then go on about your business mm-hmm. and conquer your own limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now, the cool thing was as soon as I made this decision and voiced it, there were uh, women, important women in my life who immediately, without batting an eye, said, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You are going to get there. What can I do to help? Mm-hmm. 
that was my best friend. That was my sister. Mm -hmm. That was my mom. Uh, and, 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 uh, they, they became what we called at the race team sisters. Uh We were the sisters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so surround yourself with those people. Mm -hmm. Those are the people, and there are several poignant stories about how Crystal and my sister did this for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are the people that will lift you back up when you fall down Mm -hmm. and when you think you can't do it and when you are tempted to give up. Right. Because the, one of the other keys of the seven in the book is do what it takes, Mm -hmm. right? You have to conquer your limiting beliefs first because you can't even get out of the starting gate until Mm -hmm. you do that. Mm -hmm. The second thing is you've got to do what it takes. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me to go from six hours a week of working out to 22 Mm -hmm. and, And you know, I I had a full-time very challenging job Mm -hmm. and, you know, a relatively new marriage and uh, I mean, a whole bunch of other stuff Mm -hmm. as all of us do. uh, You got to do the work. Mm -hmm. This is not conquer limiting beliefs, tell the universe what you want and poof, it'll show up at your door. Right. You have to actually do Mm -hmm. what it takes. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times in the doing what it takes, we run into significant challenges and Mm -hmm. obstacles and uh, a lot of temptation to just Mm -hmm. give up. Right. These are the people that will pull you back up Mm -hmm. and say, nope, you are doing this for Mm -hmm. a really big reason. And you know what? I love you enough to tell you you're not going to stop. I'm not going to let you stop. Mm -hmm. Keep going. You can do this. Mm Well, and, and we, we do, we need that as, as people. I mean, you know, we're not solitary creatures. You know, I always wonder about, you know, when you read the stories about people who've gone off on their own and lived, you know, off, off the grid, you know, and, and all those various things. And I mean, you know, clearly I'm a very social person. So maybe that's part of why it's just hard for me to understand this, but, you know, we need other people. And, you know, that's one of the things that I have found um, that, that people tell me a lot about is, you know, people who have home-based businesses, it tends to be very alone. You know, we're, we're in our guest room, we're in our basement, you know, we're, we're wherever our, our home office is. Mm-hmm. And we're just toiling merrily along with, with what we're doing. We might have the belief that we can do it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. all of those various things, but we're still alone. And to me, that really has been one of the hardest things is, you know, is, is developing kind of that core of people and, you know, whether it's, you know, a a close group or even just, you know, people that I see at networking things, we are social creatures. And, and I think that's one of the things that people sometimes really do tend to forget is, you know, just because you're working from home certainly doesn't mean that, that you need to be so isolated and, you know, thank heavens for technology and, you know, things like this where we can be doing things like this, but um, you know, it's, we need those people around us. And, and sometimes we need those people to give us, as you said, that swift kick, you know, that the get up off of your, you know, what, um, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, you, you can do this that we need, we need our cheerleaders. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what the biggest thing I learned through that part of the process was to ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like, right. like probably everyone mm-hmm. listening right now, I was an achiever, mm-hmm. which meant I did things, you know, through my own grit and determination mm-hmm. and et cetera. And through the Ironman process, I could not do it alone. Mm-hmm. And I was not used to asking for help. Right. And you know what? I got real good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it, it does. It, it takes others. It takes a village. We are social creatures. We crave connection. You know, we're tribal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a tribal species. And 
I can't tell you how many times I, I would just think, well, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I would literally just kind of ruminate in that question. Mm-hmm. And then I would start verbalizing to mm-hmm. people. I would just start sharing it. Right. And say, well, you know, here's, here's the latest thing that I'm, I'm faced with. Mm-hmm. And every single time, like as soon as I started sharing that, boom, somebody would show right. up with an answer, with mm-hmm. a resource, with an idea, and it would be the exact thing that mm-hmm. I needed. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. That's why mastermind groups, you know, mm-hmm. and, and things like that can be so valuable because nothing is completely unique. You know, no problem, no situation. We might think it is, might feel like it is, but somebody else has probably gone through that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it comes back to that, that limiting belief that we have that there's something wrong with us if we have yeah. to ask for help. And it's actually the exact opposite. You know, it's, it's, it's recognizing who we are and then being able to say, I need help. You know, whether it's I need an Ironman coach or I need an accountant or, you know, whatever it is, it, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with saying, I need help. It's actually the stronger person yes. mm-hmm. that can recognize that mm-hmm. and ask for help. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't know. I don't know the answer to mm-hmm. this. Uh, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Right. Will you help me with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you competed. And, and now what? made the because there are Ironman competitions around the world what made Hawaii which is where you you competed what made it kind of the ultimate I was just curious as I was reading the book why you know it has really nothing to do with anything I just wondered why Hawaii was kind of the the ultimate you are the first one to ask me that question it's so insightful (laughs) this is why I'm so excited to be on your show uh okay so a couple reasons number one it is the best of the best. It's okay. the world championships, okay. which means the best athletes in the entire world come together mm-hmm. and have to compete for even the opportunity to compete in this race. Right. Uh, and I, I was always the type of person that loved a huge, gigantic, enormous challenge. Mm-hmm. My mom always said, yeah, if it wasn't a big challenge, you weren't interested. Mm-hmm. If it was a big, crazy, outrageous <laughs> challenge you that, you know, not not a whole lot of people could do, mm-hmm. you were in. Mm-hmm. Like, you were all about right. it. You were interested. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's first and foremost, that it is the best. It is the toughest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also what I first came into contact with. Mm-hmm. It's the Ironman coverage of the World Championships in Hawaii oh, okay. that I first saw on TV, and that that whole image was burned mm-hmm. into my brain for 28 years. Mm-hmm. I also happen to be a big fan of Hawaii. I love right. racing mm-hmm. in hot weather, hot, mm-hmm. sticky, humid weather. Oh, that mm-hmm. that's my venue. <laughs> I do not like cold mm-hmm. or rainy mm-hmm. kind of situations. Uh, so it was just. You know, it was my mm-hmm. thing. I it, it resonated deep inside me. Right. Well, you know, you took these, these experiences, and we, you know, we talked about this a little bit when I introduced you, and you created Velocity Leadership Consulting mm-hmm. um, because you, you know, you, you kind of pivoted from, from the, the industry you were in to this, this consulting field. So what made you decide that, you know, and, and you, you've said a little bit about, you know, you're you feel that you know this this is your passion to help people. So tell us a little bit more about why you started Velocity. Ah, great question. So two reasons. First one, I'm going to be completely real. 
with your audience, I was fired from a CEO role, mm-hmm. yeah, one that I happen. thought mm-hmm. I was really good in. Mm-hmm. And at first I made all the typical excuses. Mm-hmm. Well, the board doesn't see my vision. It must have been politically driven, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You were a woman. I didn't even go there, ah, but I could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the truth of it. It took the pain of being fired mm-hmm. for me to finally take stock and realize that I had some behavioral patterns, some mm-hmm. behavioral blind spots, if you will, mm-hmm. that were holding me back, mm-hmm. that were the reasons I got fired mm-hmm. and the reasons I didn't even see mm-hmm. uh, of why I should have been fired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so one, once I came to understand, again, how the unconscious mind works and how it drives these behavioral patterns and how they become blind spots for us, mm-hmm. I thought, okay. First of all, this is what I want to bring to the world, these Mm -hmm. seven keys. Mm -hmm. And through them, I want to eradicate limiting beliefs and transform the world. Right. And founding Velocity, the reason for that was because I don't want other leaders to go through what I did. Mm -hmm. And I don't want other people in the organization to go through the pain of having a leader with behavioral blind spots. Right. Because it always causes a painful impact Mm -hmm. to everyone Mm -hmm. in the organization. Oh, definitely. And there's a lack of organizational results, Mm -hmm. right? So I thought, okay, when we can work on that Mm -hmm. and elevate performance and impact with greater velocity, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I want to do. And so- Velocity Leadership Consulting was born in 2012. I love it. Well, you've mentioned the seven keys to, to greater success. Tell us a little bit more. You know, we don't have to do one, two, three. Tell us a little bit more about some of those. Well, they're all neuroscience techniques. Okay. And again, starts with conquering limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. which I'll give listeners something at the end, which is a worksheet on, actu- on how oh, to actually great. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very effective. It's also mm-hmm. very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it starts with conquering limiting beliefs. Then uh, there's the other one that I already spoke about, uh, which was doing what it takes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because oftentimes I have found that at the beginning of some pursuit, we have an idea of what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. And that's usually when we jump in and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then along the way, we find out that it's going to take more than we thought. Right. Yeah. That was certainly the case with the Ironman. I mm-hmm. mean, I've, I've spoken about 22 training hours, but that mm-hmm. was just the, the first thing. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. There were a whole right. bunch of things after mm-hmm. that, all of which I thought, oh, wow, would I really have embarked upon this if someone would have laid all this out in front of me and told yeah. me this is everything it's going to Probably take? Probably not. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I would have been scared to death. Mm-hmm. But- uh, you know, it happens one step at a time. And so you deal with it and you say, okay, well now this is what it's going to take. So, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to figure out how to do that. And then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and you just keep going mm-hmm. until you get there. Yeah. So do what it takes. Uh, also the, the last one I'll talk about and the rest, you got to pick up the book to get, I know. get the book. Uh, but the last <laughs> one is tap into the dream. Mm-hmm. So I, I've spoken a lot about you know, that this was a big, scary, audacious, crazy dream and that it had a big emotional component for me, Mm -hmm. right? Well, this is a 
very powerful technique of opening up your unconscious mind and tapping into the power of it. When we identify a big dream that we do not know for sure if we're going to be able to accomplish, Mm -hmm. that's a key of it. Uh, And then we spend time visualizing what it's going to look, feel, and sound like to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the more visuals we can put in front of us, mm-hmm. the better, because literally what we're doing, and this is also what we're doing somewhat in, in conquering limiting beliefs, is we are telling our unconscious mind, that's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. That's what we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Then the really cool part is, remember that spectrum I spoke about, mm-hmm. our unconscious mind takes over on that end of the spectrum of helping us carry out anything we can think up. And our reticular activation system jumps into action. Google that if you don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And it literally starts going out like radar, like Mm -hmm. looking for resources and ways and hearing conversations and, you know, catching things over email or on Mm -hmm. the internet or on our phone that we never saw before Mm -hmm. that help us with what we have said we want to achieve. It's amazing. And this is, this is one way that the unconscious mind is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and there's obviously, you know, so many studies that show that, you know, we use just a minute portion of our brain and a good portion of what is going on is the unconscious things, you know, the, the things that, that we do because we've learned how to do them. Like a, a great example, when you're driving somewhere, you're not thinking, turn this, poke this, do that, you know, you just do, um, you know, and, and, and that's where a lot of this comes in is it needs to become that pattern, that process that is just ingrained in you, you know, and, 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 um, you know, one of the things that I, that I got from the book was the fact that it needs to be ingrained in us that, that we can do it. You know, we, we're pushing aside that limiting belief and bringing in, we can do it. You know, back to my very simple thing of, you know, I can remember names. I can remember names. Now, you know, that sounds silly. But when we start repeating that, and but then it's also, you know, giving ourselves kind of the ability to say, okay, I forgot this person's name, but I'm still really good at remembering names or, you know, because we're, we are going to kind of fall back. And, you know, you, you talked about the fact that your friends would push you forward. We need to do that ourselves too. You know, we need to say, oh, okay, well, this didn't work out exactly the way I planned on, or, you know, I said I'd remember everybody's name and I forgot that person. Okay. The world didn't come to an end, um, you know, and, and so then we can go forward. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, this makes me think of a a conversation I had just yesterday with a client who's a COO that we work with, who's Mm -hmm. a female. And she was saying, you know, I said, well, okay, so, you know, what, what's the objective we're working on? Mm -hmm. And she told me, and then she was very quick to say, well, I've done this and this and this and this and this, you know, and I said, okay, Mm -hmm. so if you've done those things, why don't you have this yet? Right. Right. And uh, you know, it, it caused her to stop, which is interrupting mm-hmm. that pattern mm-hmm. that she's been running, mm-hmm. you know, over and over and right. over again, mm-hmm. right? Who knows how long she's been running mm-hmm. that same pattern, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what we have to do. We have to interrupt the pattern. Mm-hmm. And, and even before we can interrupt it, we have to become aware of the pattern right? because all this stuff goes on unconsciously, mm-hmm. right? We're not consciously aware of it. 
right? So when I finally became consciously aware of the limiting beliefs that were stopping me, not only blocking me from bigger professional goals, Mm -hmm. but also the Ironman, it was like a a wake-up call, the biggest wake-up call of my entire life. Mm -hmm. Because then I was much quicker to become aware of other behavioral patterns Mm -hmm. and would go, oh, this is why I'm not getting that Mm -hmm. because of this behavioral Mm -hmm. pattern. Okay, so how do I change that? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what I did with the COO, what we do Mm -hmm. with executives who work with us uh, because it, it really is, think of it this way. Our unconscious mind is the simplest, most powerful machine So it will do exactly what we tell it. Mm -hmm. We tell it, nope, I can't do that, or that's going to be hard. I can't Mm -hmm. remember names. You know, uh, I'm not an effective COO or whatever that pattern is going on in our head. That's exactly what is Mm -hmm. going to be carried out. Right. And uh, like a lot of men, and I'll just just put this right out there because we've been been implying it, but we Mm -hmm. haven't said it. Men are really good at telling themselves, I am this person. Mm -hmm. I am a a CEO. Mm -hmm. I am a board member. Mm-hmm. I am a president. I am this. I am mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, whatever. And they they just believe it and they go right. do it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, well, that's also they're harnessing the power of their unconscious mm-hmm. mind, right? And and that in many cases came from when they were very little. Um, yeah. You know, their their parents were telling them, "You can do this. You can do this." Yeah. Uh, you know, and and but you know, one of the things that struck me as you were talking about this is. In many cases, we can't recognize it ourselves. I mean, because, hello, if we recognized it ourselves, we might be able to fix it. So that's where working with someone like you helps because you can say, oh, hey, have you ever, you know, here is is what you're seeing. You know, like you mentioned with the COO, you know, you, she was thinking this is, you know, this is the way it is. And you, and you saw kind of the catch in the, the, or the fly in the ointment maybe is, is, you know, and, and so that's where it helps to, to have somebody that you are walking through this process with. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point, Deb. These are blind spots and they're Mm -hmm. called blind spots for a reason Mm -hmm. because we don't see them. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, in driving, somebody's in your blind spot, you don't see them, you pull, you know, into that Mm -hmm. lane and you're going to crash, right? Well, it's the same thing. I mean, even us coaches, you know, we're highly trained, we're professional Mm -hmm. coaches, and we're also masters in neuro-linguistic programming Uh and master practitioner. But we can't see our own blind spots either. No. no. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a human trait. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for for those that may not know what neuro-linguistic programming is, and this is a key to what we do, Mm -hmm. neuro-linguistic programming is the science of the words that we use and the way we say them uh, and also the energy behind them or lack of energy that allow us to pick up on what's going on for that individual. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing when we first start working with a client and we'll say, okay, so, you know, what do you, what do you want? Or what's, what's the objective? Mm -hmm. They'll share it with us. And then just like the CEO, COO story, I'll say, okay. And I'll say, so what have you done? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what have you tried to get there? And then right. they'll tell us mm-hmm. through them just telling us, I can pick up exactly what is holding mm-hmm. them back. Right. I can pick up on their blind spot. Mm-hmm. Then I ask them a question that opens that right up. Mm-hmm. And always they just go silent for a second mm-hmm. and go, 
The How did you know to ask me <laughs> mm-hmm. about that? Mm-hmm. I never thought about that. I never realized that that's mm-hmm. what was causing it, that, you know, the pattern came from, you mm-hmm. know, w- wherever. Yeah. Right. Because again, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're not consciously aware of our own mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Right? right. Yeah. So yeah. it, and it, it, it's, it's also, this is again, why I call the company velocity because mm-hmm. when you work with someone and they're an expert at this and they can see it and op- help you open it up mm-hmm. really quickly and resolve it, then you achieve what you want with such great velocity and right. ease. It's sustainable, mm-hmm. you know, sustainable change. Mm-hmm. And the results are absolutely staggering. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when I founded Velocity, I looked around in the marketplace and nobody does this work. Mm-hmm. Every other coach that I've ever run into, uh, they all coach through the conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what's the problem? What are your options? Mm-hmm. And which one do you want to take? Right. No, yeah. obviously it's ineffective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and you know... It, it's it we need those things you know so maybe it's that you know you you need a college degree for whatever it is okay but why don't you have one you know what were the limiting things mm-hmm. you know and, and some of them, i mean it could be finance could be whatever but it, it probably comes back to not smart enough don't have enough time you know don't have enough money all of those various things so you know it, it's yeah it all ties together mm-hmm Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, again, these are all just patterns, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the most effective questions we ask is, where did this pattern originate? Mm -hmm. When's the first time you remember running this pattern? Mm -hmm. And why? Mm -hmm. Nine times out of 10, it's because we watched our parents do it, Mm -hmm. right? right? Or we watched a sibling do Mm -hmm. it, or we watched somebody carry it out Mm -hmm. that we thought highly of, Mm -hmm. Or, or we, we saw the result that they got and we wanted that kind of result. Mm-hmm. Or we got a bad result from doing it that way, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe included yeah. some sort of emotional mm-hmm. uh, reaction mm-hmm. like shame or pain. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we turned a 180. We and don't want to do that again. We're not going to do that ever mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was actually the case with the COO I talked to yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, and five, five minutes into the session, we got right to it. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, well, I was fired. I said, you need to be more aggressive, you know, when you're talking to mm-hmm. potential COO, CEOs that will hire you. Mm-hmm. And she said, I was fired for being aggressive. Ah, so right there, you know, her, her mind said, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That was mm-hmm. really painful. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, it was more a matter of, okay, first of all, that was his problem. You know, because, you know, he, he was threatened or, or whatever. Um, but, but then there's, you know, different ways. So maybe it's not, and, you know, I, I love the whole thing with women, you know, are we, are we pushy? Are we bossy? Are we bitchy? You know, the, all those B words. And Mm -hmm. so there's, there's ways to go about it differently that get you to the same result rather than just, nope, not going to, not going to do that. Right. Right. But that illustrates the the simplicity, the oversimplicity of how our unconscious mind works. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost just black and white. Right. It's almost just yeah. binary. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We went, no, danger not doing that again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Also that, that's something uh, to key in on. I, I just had this, I just got this question at a speech that I gave on Monday to a group of high powered women. Mm-hmm. And 
they said, the question was something along the lines of, um, well, you know, how do I know when I'm faced with just two options, you know, what the best one is, or, or if limiting beliefs mm-hmm. are a factor? I said, mm-hmm. well, that is your first red flag that it is limiting beliefs mm-hmm. because when it's a binary, when it's only this way or this way, that's right. it. That's mm-hmm. all you see mm-hmm. and you're trying to choose between them. Mm-hmm. I said, that is a big tip off. Mm-hmm. Don't fall into the trap and pull back a little bit and ask yourself, okay, what are all my options? Right. Right. I, I did this with the COO mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. two options. And I said, okay, wait, 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 hold mm-hmm. on. There are a lot more than two options here. Mm-hmm. Set those two aside and let's make a list of all the other options. Mm -hmm. The first one she came up with was the best one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the binary. Mm -hmm. Well, and the binary tends to be the extreme. You know, that you get it, you don't get it. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, yeah, you can, you can get it, but there's all the different ways to get that. Or maybe even in, in the not getting it, there's still positives and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that shows that your unconscious mind is stuck. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's looping mm-hmm. through that same pattern. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, as you were talking about that, I was thinking, you know, uh, say fire, you know, you, you touched it, it hurt. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not going to touch it again. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't stop to think, okay, I could, put on an oven mitt. I could, you know, all the the various ways to still do what you needed to do without Mm -hmm. getting burned. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because this is another pattern of the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Mm, Pardon me. And it's running from pain. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, this, and the, you know, the hot burner and getting burned is Mm -hmm. an excellent analogy for that. It's an excellent illustration. So if you believe you're going to experience pain in something, then you're going to take immediate action and you're going to keep taking action to Mm -hmm. avoid it. Right. And a a lot of times I ask clients, okay, wait a minute. Are you playing to not fail Mm -hmm. or are you playing to win? Right. And most of the time it's I'm playing not to fail, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is costing them dearly in the win category. Right. Right. They're Mm -hmm. just kind of sitting back playing it safe. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you quickly look at everything you're doing, like all the significant actions that you're taking, are they to bring pleasure, like the the result that you really Mm -hmm. want at the magnitude that you want? Or are they simply to avoid pain Mm -hmm. or your perceived pain that might come? Mm -hmm. More often than not, I I mean, it's really the 90-10 rule. Mm -hmm. 90% of us will take action over and over and over again to avoid pain. Right. But only 10% of us have really learned how our unconscious mind works and how that pattern works Mm -hmm. and will take action to bring pleasure. Right. Yeah. I was talking with someone just the other day and she was telling me, you know, she needed to get out more and network. Mm -hmm. And so I said, oh, I mean, you know, and, and, and she's kind of starting her own business. And, and mm-hmm. so she was wanting to know what groups I go to and, and things like that. And, you know, and, and we, you know, kind of, and she said, but will you be there? I said, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and, and I said, sure, I'm, I'm more than happy to go and introduce you, take you as my guest, do whatever. And she <clears> said, <throat> I, I know I'm going to embarrass myself. Oh. And I said, Why? 
well, I don't like talking in front of people. I don't, you know, and, and I said, well, you know, there's, there's a variety of ways to do this. I mean, you know, there are some groups that you go to where you have to stand up in front of everybody and say, hi, you know, you give your 30 second elevator speech. And for many people, I mean, you know, including sometimes people like me who do this all the time, there are times where I just don't want to do that. But for other people, I mean, it really is just terrifying. Okay, so you don't go to those type of, of groups. You know, you go to ones where you're going to introduce yourself just to one person. And so I'm kind of talking her through this. And I said, you know, and I am more than happy to go a couple of times <laughs> and, and introduce you around. I said, until you're, uh, you know, comfortable with doing it yourself. And, but, you know, she had, she had, she had talked herself out of it before she ever even went because she might embarrass herself. And, you know, and I finally said, and if you say the wrong thing, what's going to happen? I mean, is it really going to be so disastrous? And she laughed and she said, well, no, not really. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, she realized, okay, this, this really would be doable. Um, you know, and, and, but, you know, I had the same conversation several years ago with somebody who really was deathly afraid of going and talking to people and the thought of it, she would hyperventilate. I mean, you know, even one-on-one -on -one conversations. And so, you know, I thought, okay, I am not in any way equipped to deal with this because there's clearly something else that is there. Um, you know, and, and so that comes back to exactly what we were saying. We need help, you know, and we need to know to ask for help, you know, and, and if public speaking is your fear, well then try Toastmasters, you know, all these various things, take a buddy to, to whatever it is, um, you know, or, you know, delve even deeper and, and work with an organization like yours. Yeah. So let, let me share this statistic with everybody and it's worth writing down. Okay. Because once I share it with you and you write mm -hmm. it down and you look at it and you, you keep it in mind as you, you walk mm -hmm. through your day, you're going to realize that it's exactly right. Mm -hmm. So, and this statistic is, uh, I'm going to give you two percentages in a second, and okay. they come from several studies that all report similar mm -hmm. findings. So, if you think about an iceberg, mm -hmm. and, you know, the, the top smaller part of the iceberg is above the surface of the water, and you can mm -hmm. see it. That represents your conscious mind. Okay. Below the surface of the water, which is the majority of the iceberg, mm -hmm. and you can't see it. Yeah, the, the huge majority. Mm -hmm. Right. That represents your unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Now, here are the percentages to apply to that iceberg. Okay. The conscious mind only makes up 0.8% of everything we think and do in a day. Wow. So not even 1%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 92% or sorry, 99.2% mm -hmm. makes up our unconscious thoughts and actions mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our unconscious mind processes 400 billion bits of information per second. Mm -hmm. The conscious mind only processes 2,000 per second. Wow. Yeah. So this is why I said our unconscious mind is the most simplistic yet powerful machine. Mm -hmm. And as you go throughout your day, you know, just take notice mm -hmm. of when you're doing what you're doing consciously and everything that happens unconsciously. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it is absolutely true. So that's mm -hmm. why, you know, everything we do is working with the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Well, oh my gosh, we have just a couple of minutes left. Um, and I want to, you know, it, it's fun. We just started doing video and I forget we still have many people who listen. So when I hold the book up and don't give the title, people don't know what it is. So it's Unlimiting Your Beliefs, Seven Keys to Greater Success in Your Personal and Professional Life, told through my, your journey to the toughest race in the world. So again, I encourage folks to get this. Um, it's it's a great story. You know, plus it talks about Colorado. Um, you know, and and but tell us, you know, a little bit more about what you can do uh, working with people who would work with you. Okay, so uh, again, we work with executives and leaders. Mm-hmm. Whether you're leading yourself or the entire company, or you're leading a team, okay. you're a leader, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's really who we work with. We do one-on-one coaching. Okay. Uh, and we can work with anyone anywhere. So it doesn't have to be in Denver. We can do Zoom. Uh, we'll either work <laughs> over the phone or Zoom mm-hmm. or Skype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a beautiful thing, uh, which actually makes it easier on mm-hmm. the client right? Uh, to think through and work through some mm-hmm. of these things. Uh, and uh, we, you know, our clients just rave because usually they achieve their initial set of goals and objectives six weeks into our six wow. month engagement. Wow. Yeah. And they're literally like, Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. now I want to work on this and this mm-hmm. and this and this. Right. Can we do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the other thing that they don't realize when we start, but they mm-hmm. realize it very, very quickly once mm-hmm. we've, uh, once we've engaged, mm-hmm. which is they think that we're only going to work on their professional mm-hmm. patterns. Right. Mm-hmm. right? But here's the thing. They're all intertwined with personal patterns, right? Mm-hmm. right? So it, it's how it's showing up, mm-hmm. you know, which the doorway to that is probably in your professional mm-hmm. world, but it always goes back to something personally mm-hmm. that's going on because right. that pattern is showing up mm-hmm. somewhere else too mm-hmm. or many other places. Yeah. If you're having right? trouble leading in the office, your kids are probably running roughshod at home, you know, or, or your volunteer activities, you're having trouble there. So yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. not just a professional life. Yeah. So oftentimes I just explain it this way. You know, we work with folks who are looking to scale rapidly. Mm-hmm. So whether you're looking to scale your business rapidly, you're looking to scale yourself, mm-hmm. your leadership abilities, some other, you know, ability that you mm-hmm. want to uh, improve upon and mm-hmm. have greater success and impact with, mm-hmm. that's exactly who we work with. Right. Well, how do people find you and connect with you online? It's really easy. Go to velocityleadershipconsulting.com. Perfect. And there's uh, the, the thing I spoke about at the beginning on how to mm-hmm. conquer limiting beliefs, mm-hmm. as well as a whole bunch of other things. I've done a video series oh, uh, about these behavioral blind spots mm-hmm. that block our elevated levels of success. Mm-hmm. Those are there. Uh, a few other really valuable things that clients have loved. Okay. Uh, so if you go to velocityleadershipconsulting.com, put a forward slash and then the word greater, okay, meaning greater success, mm-hmm. then all of these things are available to you. And you can Wonderful. also get in touch with me, which I love. So if you want to have a chat about your specific okay. uh, behavioral blind spots or what you think they might be, mm-hmm. or maybe test me on what you what what I think they are after mm-hmm. talking with you. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Great, I love it. Well, Karen, this really has been wonderful, and you know, to me, this is just absolutely fascinating. Um, and and you know, I. 
I recognize that there are definitely ways in my own life that I'm limiting myself, not just, you know, I can't remember names, um, but, you know, lots of, of various things. So I just love it when I get to talk about stuff like this. But what would you like to leave our listeners and our viewers with? Oh, well, one of my favorite quotes, which is, the state of your life is nothing more than the state of your mind. Mm. I you know, love that. Whatever it is, you can turn it around mm -hmm. for to create the results that you want. You really can. And th this is why I do shows like this, right? Mm -hmm. Because I am nothing special. I am not extraordinary. I'm a very ordinary person. And, and yet, you know, we're all ordinarily extraordinary, yes. mm -hmm. right? And, and that, that's why it's the final thing I want to leave with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I do a show like this and, and people get this idea that, you know, I am a natural talent or, you know, there's something sensational and, and, uh, innate, mm -hmm. innate ability that I have. No, it's not. We're all created equal. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, and this is why I wrote the book because I wanted to mm -hmm. share these keys with everyone and make them accessible to everyone mm -hmm. because they are the difference makers. I love it. Well, you know, with that, we're going to, to leave it. I am Deb Creer. I've been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Karen Brown. Can't wait to do it again, um, which we definitely will. And so until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.